You want to feel your food? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Sanders patiently running. Sanders could cut. And another block. Sanders still going inside the 40. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Kelly Green Hour. It has been a while. This has been one of, if not the most or the quietest off seasons I, I, I can remember in a long time. Yes, there's a lot of talk about the quarterback position and some position battles, but usually when, when there's no news, it's good news. But we want some news so we can come to you live. I'm your host, LG Harrell, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Connor Donald. Connor, it's been a while, man. How you doing? I'm doing good, man. It's been nice to get some time off, and the painted lines have done a hell of a job. We, If we had have went on the air, we would have been repeating a lot of the same stuff that they were repeating. So they've done a hell of a job of talking about all the key things that needed to be talked about and all the controversial back-and-forth topics that needed to be addressed. So now we're back, and I'm excited to be back, and I'm excited that you know, we're two weeks away from training camp starting less like this, this less than two weeks. Like this, this is it. Here we go. And this is one of my favorite times of the year because we do our pre-training camp depth chart dive-ins and we kind of try and we, we let people know who we think is going to make the depth chart based off of what is there right now. Obviously, there's always the wrenches thrown into them when how he decides to sign some other veteran or some crazy stuff goes down injuries and so on and so forth but i mean i'm just glad to be able to talk football and to be back at it i mean i know it's been four weeks but like you said it has been by far the quietest four weeks like we've been doing this for what four this is like a fourth off season mm -hmm. and i don't think we could ever take four weeks and literally have nothing happen in four weeks, literally nothing, no signings. It's so quiet that the only thing that's happening in Eagle Land is reports about Jalen Hurts not doing well in practices we'll that aren't even open to the media. So yeah, we'll and we'll talk about that because obviously that's one snippet, like maybe even the first practice with brand new receivers um, that you know that that report or somebody was talking about that report. But yeah, we're gonna dive into the offensive depth chart today. Next week, the defensive depth chart and special teams, but special teams is kind of pretty much set. Um, I wish they would bring a punter in, but, you know, that's a different story for a different day. Uh, Dave McNulty commented, good to see you guys again. Dave, man, we know it's been a while. Definitely good good to, to hear. This is it. Like, from here on out, they, we're, we're here for the next, like, what are we talking, like 25, 26 so, weeks? Yeah, hopefully, you know, hopefully longer. There's high expectations on this team. The only issue with the high expectations on the Eagles is usually when there are high expectations, they fall short. Let's hope it doesn't happen. Obviously, with there's still look while this coaching staff was was together all of last year and exceeded expectations. There's still a young coaching staff. You know, besides Jeff Stoutland, who on the coaching staff has actually gone like who, who's had to meet these expectations. You know, Stoutland was was been here since twenty. When did Chip start? Twenty fourteen. Mm -hmm. 
Something um, around there. Something around there. Chip, uh, or 2013, because I think 2012 may have been Andy's last year. But, yeah, Chip, um, Stoutland has been here close to 10 years. And, obviously, you know, the Super Bowl, being on the coaching on the Super Bowl team, and then the year after the Super Bowl when expectations are really high, um, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how this coaching staff, how this team is able to come together. Yeah, they have veterans. They have Jason Kelsey. They have Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham. But how many times is it that an offensive lineman or a defensive lineman is that guy that's going to be the leader? You know, it was always Brian Dawkins, and it was always Malcolm Jenkins. It's always somebody, like, at a skill – and I don't understand why. I don't know why. I don't know why it is that. But it's, it's usually somebody at a skill position. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how this team comes together. There's a lot of young guys, and I think a lot of the, the talk throughout the offseason is because this team brought in A.J. Brown, Jordan Davis, Kobe Dean, like they got a lot of young guys, uh, whatever his name is, Tart, I can't remember. I never can say his you know first name, but um, that it would have been nice to see them on the field together. And mm-hmm. we haven't seen that, which we're going we're, we're gonna to really see if not having any on-field activities together is going to affect this team. Because if it doesn't, you can expect going forward, at least under Sirianni, they're not going to have an offseason. It's going to be after the draft, you know, OTAs, they're going to get two, three, two months off or whatever, and then we'll see you in training camp. So, and, you know, under Doug, the Eagles had a lot of injury issues. And we, we seemed like we talked about, especially that one year, you know, in 16 games, they had 14 different offensive line combinations. Last year, the, the line was pretty healthy, you know, besides, besides Driscoll and Brooks. Yeah, I mean, like, Mylotta and Dickerson held down the left side. Kelsey at center, Johnson at right tackle, uh, besides, you know, his his couple weeks, you know, that, that he took off. But other than that, it was the right guard position. That, that was the issue. But the Eagles were relatively healthy last year, and we were. it was finally nice to see that. But – We'll see what goes. We'll see what happens going forward. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So before we get started, as always, you want to follow us on Twitter at the Kelly Green Hour. You can follow Connor on Twitter at Connor Ten, and follow me on Twitter at LJHarrell Fifty Four. Um, those and you know follow the Painted Lines at the Painted Lines. Uh, thank you to those that are following the stream right now. Um, so we are going to get started, Connor. We're going to start. We're going to look at our pre-training camp depth chart, starting with the offensive side of the football. And we're going to start at quarterback. I'll let you go first. I think this is – we will probably have the same – I don't know if you have two or three. I have three. Probably the same um, guys here unless, obviously, there's a move with uh, with the, the backup right now that could potentially be made. Um, but who do you have at the quarterback position for the Eagles? I want to say two because I want it to be two. I think that they need those spots more urgently than carrying a third quarterback. The issue becomes if you move Carson Strong to your practice squad, he is getting picked up. Well, he, if they call, he, he's not even going to have a chance to go to the practice. Yeah, exactly. He won't even make it through the waiver process. He he will be acquired. So I think based on the amount of guaranteed money that they put into Carson Strong and barring anything, like you said, I think – you need, 
how he's waiting for an injury. He's waiting for an injury at the quarterback position. The market's thin now. It's pretty much Jimmy Garoppolo and any other team's backup quarterback is all that's left out there to acquire. And Gardner Minshew is a really intriguing one. The teams always seem to come knocking or seem to talk about because he can hold down the fort for you. Um, but for me right now, it's it's Hurts, it's Minshew, and it, and it's Strong. You can't let Strong go because he won't make it through any process. He he won't make it back. So I have the same three. My only issue with Carson Strong is his knee issues, the knee situation. Um, but I, I it wouldn't shock me if Gardner Minshew did get traded, whether it's during training camp, preseason, or even up through through the uh, the, the trade deadline in the NFL. So so we'll see. You know, I want to – Jalen Hurts is the clear-cut starter now, obviously, but I still don't think if the Eagles believe he's the answer going forward. And I kind of want to talk about quickly the, the Derek Gunn report. Now, obviously, he even mentioned it because I, I heard an interview he had with on um, Ike's, um, Ike, uh, Reese, uh, Johnny Marks and Ike Reese on WIP, and he said, look, it was just one practice. It was one snippet. I, he didn't get any reports before that or after that, most likely after because I – I'm pretty sure that was very, very early. Um, and it was also it wasn't with AJ Brown. I don't think it was with Devontae Smith. It was with all the young guys, you know. Um, you know, it could have been with the Greg Wards, even Jalen Reggers, and even some, like Deion Kane and stuff like that. Um, so when he said that in a 10-play series, three interceptions, or was it three three sacks, four interceptions, and three touchdowns, I think. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I can't remember the exact um, term. And I know of it, a lot of yeah. people are like, well, how do you get sacked in seven on seven? Well, if you don't get the ball out in a certain amount of time, if the coach says, look, you need to get the ball out in six seconds, if you don't get the ball out in six seconds, it's a sack. We're not saying it's a literal sack. And we know that Jalen likes to to stretch the play. He likes to move around in the pocket. He'll, he'll use his legs. But I think the one thing we want to see from Jalen this year is not having to worry about using his legs. He needs to be able to read the defense, get rid of the ball, put the ball in a spot where the receiver can catch and run or run and catch at, the, at, at simultaneously. It shouldn't be thrown behind a receiver or anything like that. And I and if that's what the coaches were practicing during that particular set that this person saw, okay, I understand where those numbers came from. But I also understand that Jalen Hurts is going to be somebody that's going to move the, move the pocket. He's not going to be a stationary quarterback. He, so it, it will be tough to sack uh, Jalen Hurts. I get that. But we also want to see this isn't going to be a team that's going to want to run the football 50, 60% of the time this year. No, we don't want to see that. You cannot win a Super Bowl being a running team. The Eagles are going to have to throw the football. If the Eagles come out this year and start two and five and Jalen Hurts is struggling, it would not shock me if Gardner Minshew gets a chance if he's here. Um, so, you know, a lot of people are saying, yes, this is Jalen's year to prove it. We said the same thing last year. And they changed the offense because he proved he really couldn't th throw. While he can throw the football, he proved that he wasn't able to he – was, he wasn't more than a one-read run quarterback. We need to see something different. Um, so that, that you know, that so that's what I'm I'm gonna say about that report on Jalen Hurts. What are your thoughts on that, Connor? No, I, I agree. I mean, I think the big thing is, and and in tweeting from the Kelly Green Hour account, it's that we want to see progress. Anything that's not progress is something that's gonna upset the fan base. 
is going to be something that really gets people going. And I understand AJ Brand was quick to jump up and defend him and, and post that tweet and whatever. You can go ahead and, and defend your quarterback, but we, we clearly want to see progress. They made a lot of moves to move this team forward and to put this team in a position to, at a minimum, host a home playoff game, win the, win the East. And after that, like, I don't think that this team was built with win the NFC East and that's it in mind. I think there's more to this and they want a lot more. And I mean, we know Jalen Hurts is going to be ups and downs. That's the thing with the mobile quarterbacks. They're up, they're down. They're not, they're not, like you said, they're not stationary quarterback. They're not ones that can necessarily always read the, read the defenses very well, because as soon as they get on the move, it, it doesn't really matter what they saw in the defense. They're looking for an open player. They're looking to to make a positive gain out of the play. So that's what sometimes becomes the issue with Jalen Hurts is is he can't keep his eyes downfield. He becomes mobile. He he leaves the pocket and he starts looking for a way to make a positive gain on the play. Um, and I mean, it all depends. Like everybody has this different perception of what they want Jalen Hurts to be, what he needs to do, what he needs to become. To me, he needs to just be able to be good in the offense, sustain an offense, and they can continue to build around that. Nobody is saying he has to be Tom Brady. Nobody is saying he has to be any of these huge names. And the word that gets tossed around a lot is franchise quarterback. To me, franchise quarterback means so many different things to so many people and to so many franchises. We thought Carson Wentz was a franchise quarterback. That just that just didn't pan out. To me, it's injury, someone who... injury hurt him, I think. The injury hurt him a lot. To me, it's all about you know, the ability to sustain an offense, to get wins, to make the plays when they when they need to happen and when they matter the most. And we haven't seen that from Jalen Hurts. To me, that's what I need to see. Can if, if there's two minutes left, we're down by three, we're down by six, whatever, put, put whatever points you want on the board. We need a field goal or we need a touchdown. Can Jalen Hurts do it? That, and I mean, you know, in certain circumstances, that's not always going to happen. We get it. They're they're not always going to be able to do that. They're going to miss. They're good. Like, and if they get that chance five times, they miss once or twice. That's fine. But Jalen Hurts really hasn't presented that to us at all as a starting quarterback. And we need to be able to trust that and trust that, like, in two minutes, you have to be able to throw the ball. That's not where you can lean on a 56% running offense. You need to be able to throw the ball. So, that's the type of progress I want to see from Jalen Hurts. And the report, you know, I take it with a grain of salt. It is what it is. It, it, like you said, who was actually there? Who was catching the ball? Who was who was playing on defense? What was go? What what types of play calls were being called? We don't know. There's so many different things. What's going to start to matter is training camp when there's media around and you really are, and the pads are on, and you're starting to see these guys go, and he's looking like the same or a regressed Jalen Hurts that's when I'm going to sit there and say, okay, I'm worried. Okay, I'm nervous. That, so, that's when I would do that. Just a one-word answer. Jalen Hurts, is he going to be – is he going to progress? Is he going to regress? Or will he be the same quarterback as last year? Progress. Like from What do you think? Progress. Progress. I, think I don't gonna... think it's a big progression, though. Like I say progress, and I wish I could, like, bracket slightly. I don't think he's going to progress to be this – huge like take this massive leap forward and i think that he's going to leave them with a decision again next off season yeah, which but is a tough position to be put in exactly but hopefully it's enough 
that they can say we can go with this guy. I think, but then you got to pay. That's the thing. Then you got to pay. I think he's going to be the same quarterback right now. That's my feelings. Obviously, things can change, but right now, I think Jalen Hurts is going to be the same quarterback. And you talked about how this team made a lot of moves. This they made one move on the offensive side of the ball, and that was AJ Brown. That could be enough for the offense. You're going to have Devontae Smith going up against number two cornerbacks. Um, obviously, most of the changes were on the defensive side of the ball, which we're going to talk about next week. So that that that's going to be the fun the, the fun thing is seeing how Jonathan Gannon is going to be able to play with all those new toys. All right, so we both have the, the same three quarterbacks. We'll just move to running back. I'll start us off. I think the two locks are Miles Sanders and Kenny Gainwell right now. Um, when it comes to Sanders, I, I don't think the Eagles are going to give him a contract extension. I don't know if they like him. I don't think this co- this this coaching staff likes him. He's injury prone. Like he with the offensive line, he led I, I, for running backs. I'm pretty sure he led the the. If, I feel like he led the league in yards per carry because he didn't get touched till he was five yards down the field. But he scored zero touchdowns last year. And again, a lot of that had to do with Jalen Hurts. If they're going to run a, the RPO, Jalen pulls it, runs it himself. Um, but you know, it, it's shocking that the quarterback, or excuse me, that the running back had zero rushing touchdowns. I'm only going with three three running backs. And my third one, undrafted rookie free agent, Kennedy Brooks. He's going to take over the Jordan Howard role, I think. Um, he has a chance to be a bruiser. Um, I know I left Boston Scott, who they love, but, I, again, I'm not a Boston Scott fan. Jason Huntley, who could potentially return kicks. I'm not eh, – it is what it is. But I'm going to go with Miles Sanders, Kenny Gainwell, who they like, who they could put into the slot, who they can move all over the field, can catch the ball at the backfield. Might not be that in-between runner, but that's where you got Kennedy Brooks. Um, so I'm going Sanders, Gainwell, and Kennedy Brooks uh, in the Eagles' backfield. Yeah, I tend to agree with you, except I have them keeping forward because Boston Scott is Boston Scott, and the love and adoration that the past coaching staff has had and this coaching staff has for him, it's this odd infatuation, and they just can't cut him. But it's not like Jalen Reger. It's different. It's like Jalen Reger, it's like, the, the first round capital, they don't want to cut that. You know, it is what it is. But then it's like Boston Scott, it's this weird infatuation with his success that with the success that he has in New York. That's it. In New York, that's all the only spot that he can actually have success. Um, but I got Sanders, obviously. I don't think they're giving him an extension either. I think there's so many free agent running backs next season. It's a great running back class for the draft. They're going to move on, whether it's sign a free agent draft one that they're going to move on it just makes most sense especially the way that certain running backs are getting paid now somebody else might pay for sanders it's a shame there's a part of me that feels like injuries play a massive factor into the his inability to be what we wanted him to be but that yards per carry and being number one in the league like the last two seasons like having 5.5 yards per carry is insane he's so good with getting the yards you need if you need three he's going to get you six to ten but you just dances don't much. He he dances a lot yet. He like, tries to be shady. And you just don't know like if he's going to go down, if he's going to get injured because sometimes you watch him and he'll go one yard, two yard, one yard, negative, negative, and then bust off a 25 yard run. And that blows the whole stats up. Um, but Kenneth Gainwell too. I think Kenneth Gainwell takes a big step forward this season. I, I think he's a, he's a great receiving back. And last year I talked about him being more of a receiving back and not being that great. Like, watching some of his the film last year that he wasn't that great like his vision wasn't that great and stuff but then you see some times where you're like he he can definitely step up he can be that guy especially if if miles sanders gets hurt so 
And then Boston Scott, I got to give it to Boston Scott. Jason Huntley, he only would have a job if he kills it on pump returns. He has to kill it on pump returns and show that he is the guy, has to be the guy, which I think that there's other guys, other names that they'll be looking at. And Kennedy Brooks, I agree with you. Kennedy Brooks, we don't have that pound it, pound the ball bruiser back that we had last year. And I know that some people want to bring Jordan Howard back, but I agree with you. Kennedy Brooks is cheaper. And he can probably be equally, if not more effective than Jordan Howard. Yes. So why not just roll with the cheapest option? Yeah. And looking at one of the uh, Randall to handle, A.J. Brown, he's very significant. Zach Paschal, third receiver. Uh, Grant Calcaterra, if he can come back from his uh, – you know, he, he was good at SMU after you know retiring from football with Oklahoma. Cam Jurgens uh, could be the right guard. You never know. Um um, we're going to talk about uh, Kobe and, and Allen when we get to the, um, the the receivers. I think it's going to be really tough for them to make it. Allen hasn't played football since, what, 2016? And playing football is a lot different than running the 110-meter hurdles. <laughs> um, while he's a, he's a hell of an athlete, I, it's going to be – got to throw pads on. We'll, I think we'll I, I think what we should specify, Randall, is, the, is they didn't make any significant Exactly. If you look at the moves. defensive side of the ball, Hassan Reddick, Jordan Davis – Kobe Dean, mm-hmm. um, uh, James Bradbury, Tart, like they made significant signings for the def- defensive side of the ball because they needed to. The offensive side of the ball, you know, Cam Jurgens was there. a need. Cam Jurgens had to happen, and you can argue he's a big, big move, he, but well, he's well, a big a move. For that he next. doesn't play this year. There's yeah, a potential they, that Jurgens doesn't, he's going to make the mm-hmm. team, obviously, the center of the future. There's potential that Jurgens doesn't see the field. Obviously, if he, Makes if if they need him at right guard and he goes there and, and does what Dickerson did at left guard last year, great. I love the move. Um, and I'm not saying it was a bad draft because you need a replacement for Kelsey. Kelsey's got one year left, maybe. <laughs> I feel like that every time we say that he comes. I back. feel like he's he's pat way past due. He just keeps coming back because he's like, okay, get it right. Well, get he it also right. said. Well, he also said he loves playing for Coach Sirianni. Like he loves it. So if he mm-hmm. still has it, great. Like. So what? I guess you're right. You're right, Connor. We should have. I should have said. You know, the, the significant signings that could potentially boost this team from a wild card team to a division winner are on the defensive side of the ball. All mm-hmm. right. So let's move to wide receiver, and I, we're probably going to have some differences here. So I'll let you yep. go first, Connor. Um, at this very moment, I have five. I think okay. it makes the most sense to keep five. And I have A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Zach Pascal, um, Quez Watkins, and Britton Covey. I, and, and, I mean, I know that we probably have a difference of opinion on Britton Covey, but my big thing is, and it's the same reason that I think, and we'll talk about safety next week, it's the same reason that I think Kevon Wallace shouldn't make the team, but um, but what's his face, the other one there, uh Andre Chichere should. If you can bring something to special teams that sets the special teams apart, you have to you have to be on the team because our special teams has regressed year over year, and you need the answer. And one of the biggest question marks last year was we had nobody who could we could trust to return the football. The only one who could ever get us yardage yardage was Jason Huntley. And then there was Jalen, but they always forced Jalen Reger out there. And Jalen Reger was just so bad. He was so putrid. We know that. We talked about it, like, especially in that Bucks game where he had the two, where he muffed the punt, the punt two times, three times. 
Britton Covey can be the answer and he can be a really good slot wide receiver when you need to call on him. And he did a lot in, um, in his college career. He ran, he came out of the backfield. He was a returner. He averaged over 100 all purpose yards per like per game, per game in, in college. To me, that just stands out so much. And I know, I know Randall spoke about Devin Allen and I want to say this, they picked up a lot of guys just to compete and to potentially open up that possibility of a sixth wide receiver making the roster. If Devin Allen shows out immensely, but then sure. But like, I would take Deion Kane. I would give the shot to Deion Kane before I gave it to Devin Allen. Like I would like uh, some of these, a lot of these guys are likely going to end up on the practice squad. I think mm-hmm. they keep two or three wide receivers for the practice squad, but the shocker left off is Jalen Reger, and that's because he really he has to have the mo- biggest training camp, biggest preseason you have ever seen from a from a player. And if they decide to keep him, and only because of the first round draft capital invested him, and he didn't really do much or improve much in the off season, I would be so disappointed. Especially if he was like the sixth guy, you're gonna waste that roster spot on having a six wide receiver and just trying to give this man a chance. I'd be so disappointed, but I got five wide receivers. And mostly for the fact that A.J. Brown, Devonta Smith, and Quez Watkins should play all of them 50% or more, 60% or more even. Like none of these other guys should see the field except for injury or special teams. Yeah, so the first four, I got the same as you. I have A.J. Brown, Devonta Smith, Zach Pascal, and Quez Watkins. I actually have the Eagles keeping six. I do unfortunately have them keeping Jalen Rager. I don't want them to keep Jalen Rager, but I think, and I've been thinking about it more. Like I didn't want to put him on the team, but but it's more of the draft capital thing. And I hate that they're that it's going to come down to that. Um, and the the sixth one I have is, and it's the same reason that you have uh, Boston Scott as I have Greg Ward. They love Greg Ward. What did they? I felt like in the red zone last year. Every time they were in the red zone, they were trying to force feed him the football. Um, so I have. It, it, it looks exactly like last year's receiving course with the addition of A.J. Brown. Um, I So, Brian Covey, I'm intrigued by him, but – and that 5'8 thing just bothers me, I think. Because, I look, I know that he'll only make the team to be a returner, but he gets hit once. <laughs> and this isn't this isn't the Pac-12. Look, I know he did it. He had a kick, he had a kickoff return against Ohio State in the Rose Bowl. But, uh, but look, this isn't the Pac-12. Like – it, the, the chances of him actually being able to return, I, he'll make. The, I think he'll be on the practice squad. And I, like you said, I think they keep two receivers, Deion Kane and Britton Covey, on the practice squad. I really like Deion Kane a lot, and I think he he has a chance to make a name for himself and potentially sneak onto the roster. But it'd be tough, just because you know, with with just some of the the the, the assets that have been allocated to this receiver position. Um, but Kane could be on the the uh, the practice squad and and has a chance to make the team next year because there's not going to be a Jalen Rager next year. There's not going to be a Greg Ward next year. Um, and, and look, if you compare them and, and if you were to take the, 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 the name and the Jersey number off the back, and I think you looked at them out in the field, Deion Kane will look better than Jalen Rager. Deion Kane is going to look better than Greg Ward. But they don't make the decisions like that. They, they, when they make the decisions, they, unfortunately, a lot of GMs think we spent a first round pick on them. We can't really give them up, but I'm going to say this with there's a potential that they could trade Jalen Rager. There could be a team 
that thinks that that has a guy that needs a change change of scenery, just like Jalen Rager needs a change of scenery. And maybe they make obviously there'll be other things in it, but that you make a trade. Um, so Rager's going to be on the team, but he's not going to be out there for seven hundred plus snaps this season. And nor should he return a football because that means AJ Brown's got hurt, Devontae <laughs> Smith got hurt. Like that's injuries that we cannot expect or that we we're, we're hoping not to expect today because he's five, eight, you'd rather see, I wouldn't rather see Rager, but I'm thinking like the Eagles, uh, the Eagles, they look, I know there. And you also have to think how many times. And, and obviously when Jalen, I was at the Eagles jets game and Rager let a ball bounce at the two yard line. It didn't go into the end zone. He thought it was, but how many, can you look this up real quick? Uh, Connor, how many times did Rager, did the Eagles actually return a kick last year? Um, oh, take a look. We'll we'll see. It, it'll be tough. I, I just think it'll be tough for Britton Covey to make the team. I, I do, and I um, and I'm thinking like the Eagles are thinking right now. And you know, I was listening to to Ike Reese, and Ike Reese doesn't have high high expectations of Britton Covey. You know, making and and that's a former professional team, professional football player who excelled on special teams. And I, and I look again, NFL speed, way different than PAC 12 speed. You can be successful in the PAC 12. We saw, you know, Nelson Aguilar was pretty, was pretty good in the PAC 12 and it took, took him what until his fourth or fifth year to, to make a name. Well, I don't know if I wouldn't say he really made a name for himself, but he was the best receiver in the Super Bowl for the Eagles. It took a while. Um, so we'll, we'll see. I, I just don't know if Britton Covey is going to make the team, but I do think he'll make it on the practice squad. And if I'm not mistaken, they can call up people from the practice squad, right? Maybe he's a practice mm-hmm. squad call up the return kicks. You never know. I, I see 30, 33 pump returns. That, that they actually returns? physically return. Kick or is returns that kickoff was, returns? Kickoff returns was 34. So you have 67 total returns. So two a game? But but see, but see, Britton Covey would be more using the pump return game. I don't think you'd put him out there on the kick returns. It just I, mean, I would I would put Kenny like and, and if this is I mean I would put Gainwell back for one of them. I don't know whether it's a pump return or kick when return. you look at the breakdown, like so on the pump returns, Rager returned 31 and Ward returned two, but then on kick returns, they it, it shifts like Rager had 12, Kenneth Gainwell had eight, Quez Watkins eight. Jason Huntley three and then three guys with one like kick return. It's not about kick returns, it's more about pump return for me because that was where we lost a lot of a lot of yards that we could have had, and it was just really frustrating and really disappointing. And we used to be, we used to pride ourselves on our special teams. We used to be top three when in the John league. Harbaugh, when John and this is early two thousand, obviously, but when John Harbaugh was a coach, like it was. Like under Andy Reid, they they definitely made sure that that special teams and it's hard now because you have what an hour and a half practices. Like you're trying to put your offensive game plan in, you're trying to put your defensive game plan in. It leaves ten minutes for special teams. Like the NFL as a whole, I think doesn't appreciate special teams anymore. That's why the NFL is trying to get rid of kickoffs. You know, they, they, if they could get rid of punts, they would get rid of punts too. That's why they, they don't want to worry about the special teams aspect of it minus kicking field goals. Um, so mm-hmm. it, like, it, it makes somebody like a Britton Covey who could have a, a really good NFL career as a punt returner 
or as a kick returner, it makes them obsolete. Definitely makes him obsolete, but at the end of the day, he can also be a guy who comes out, does what, like, you can use him like you tried to use Jalen Rager on the end rounds and stuff like that. I get his size can be a factor, but, like, there's so many guys coming up through the ranks now that are smaller. Like, the, the, the big-ass wide receiver isn't necessarily working out like he used to. There's a lot of smaller wide receivers. Look at the weights of a lot of these guys who came out of this wide receiving class. None of them were over 200 pounds. These guys are all small sizes, but a number in the NFL now, if you are able to functionally work them into your game plan. No, they weren't 5'8". I hate to go back to the 5'8 thing, but when when somebody says they're 5'8 as an athlete, they're really smaller than that. So he's probably 5'6", 5'7". We'll see. And then I just don't want to see Rager out there on punts anymore, letting everything bounce and running backwards. I 100% agree with that. I'm not saying Rager should be the punter kick returner. <laughs> I'm just saying it, it's going to be tough for Kobe to make the team. But, I, you know, yeah, obviously not, my, my, only, my only issue on that front is, like, if you keep Jalen Rager, you basically have to put him there because who else are you going to put there? Like, that's the issue that I'm starting, like, I struggle. Rolls was bulky, Dave. Rolls <laughs> was bulky. Kobe ain't bulky. I, I get it. We'll, That's we'll the see. issue that I have. Like, if you bring Jalen Reger back, you almost are essentially pigeonholing yourself as Jalen Reger and Boston Scott and Greg Ward are the combination of returners that you have, which have been extremely ineffective for two years now already. So, I just don't think the Eagles and and I'm and, and I'm focusing on the Eagles. I don't think they care about special teams. I, I really don't. I really don't think they care. They, they want to get off the field. Or they want to, you know, they'll take the ball. And obviously it would help because if you get a shorter field for Jalen Hurts, the offense is going to put up more points and the offense will look better. I, I think the, the defense having more athletes having with some of the guys that they've signed is going to help the offense. You're right. They do need to have somebody that can catch the ball and not let it bounce 15, 20 yards in, inside the 10. I just, as of right now, and this is where us not seeing anything in this offseason – um, and we'll, hopefully we see something come, you know, we're less than a month away, I think, or about a month away from the first preseason game. Hopefully we see something. Um, but I don't, I don't know. This is the, the receiver position is going to be the position to keep an eye on all, all training camp because the first four, I think are set beyond that. Do they keep five? Do they keep six? Do they go with, I just don't think do it'll be Jay like a, I don't think it'll be a huge shocker. Like, I think the people holding out hope that Devin Allen makes a team and that that his track speed is reason to bring him in. Like, I don't think you should expect them to go way off the deep end with the move. Like, I think Jalen Reger has a better chance of being on this team next year as a sixth receiver than Devin Allen has a chance at being a seventh or eighth receiver on this team. Yeah, they don't it's keep just seven. the reality. I don't think they keep seven or eight. It's, no, they it's keep they be five max six. six. It's six is the max, and like if. I should pref- I should say this. If I were keeping a sixth, I had Greg Ward. I had Brayden Covey, I had Greg Ward. I didn't have Jalen Rager, but I know where you're coming from. And this is like you with the Boston Scott. Like you said, you don't want to accept the reality that Boston Scott's likely on the team next year, and I don't want to accept the reality that Jalen Rager is likely on this team next year. Yeah. All right, so let's move to the next position. We're going to go to tight end. I think this may be pretty easy. Uh, Dallas Goddard finally gets his – to start the season as, as the number one guy, um, he was what a top seven tight end when he, and he started as the number two for the first half of the year. Um, so he, he's going to, I think he has a chance with AJ Brown, with Devonte Smith on the outside. 
the middle of the field has a chance to be wide open. Can the quarterback hit him? We'll see. My other two core, and I have them keeping three tight ends. And Tyree Jackson is going to start the, for me. He's going to start the, the year on pup, so he won't be on mm-hmm. the active roster. I'm going to go Jack Stahl and Grant Calcaterra. Um, I'm not a big Jack Stahl fan, but again, Tyree Jackson's not going to be ready to start the year. Um, and I don't want JJ Ortega Whiteside on this team as a tight end, so I, I automatically got rid of him. But yeah, so Jack Stahl and Grant Calcaterra has a chance. He played with. Jalen Hurts at Oklahoma, so they kind of have a, a, a repertoire together. So we'll see. He and he eventually will become the number two tight end, I believe. Um, so we'll so once Grant Calcaterra gets gets you know the offense down, you'll see him out there more. But the Eagles and depending on what happens with the quarterback, if the quarterback can't throw, the Eagles are going to do a lot of three tight end sets. Unfortunately, that's taking another receiver off the field though, and they're going to run the ball a lot again. But we don't want to see that. We're, we're sitting here thinking the Eagles are going to be – Jalen Hurts is going to be able to throw the football this year. This is what I'm thinking with putting this roster together. So I'm going to go Dallas Goddard, Jack Stahl, and Grant Capitera. Yeah, I, I completely agree with your list. I, I mean, the only thing that scares me about Grant Cal- Calcaterra is that what some people don't realize is he retired due to concussion problems. That concerns me so much. Like he has like potentially like a Jordan Reed esque type situation on our hands. If that if he starts getting concussions, if he starts getting injured, and it's not, it has nothing to do with like an injury history. It's it's concussions, man, and they're so scary. Once they're there, once they start to have been kind of embedded in your life. It becomes an issue, and I really hope that it doesn't become an issue in the NFL because he is really effective. He was extremely effective as a, as a receiving tight end, decent blocking tight end. Jack Stoll, I agree. I think that the Eagles like Jack Stoll more than they're going to lead on because he was pretty effective for them. He can go out there. He's not the greatest blocker, but he's a decent blocker. Uh, he's not the best catcher, but he's a decent catcher. Like He is like the middle he's like a middling type of tight end but he's better than jj i think at white side mm-hmm. he's better than uh still fairly raw tyree jackson like he's still better than both of those uh, all options so jack stall to me would make a perfect tight end three and then dallas goddard will obviously that's a no-brainer dallas goddard's gonna be a top five top five tight end this year i think and I think Greg, Grant Calcaterra, like you said, he can easily be a guy who makes 25, 30 catches and, and goes off for, you know, three, four, 500 yards. And as minuscule as that sounds, that's that's a big role in this offense when you consider the three names, four guys who are going to be catching balls or getting more yardage ahead of them. So. Yeah, so we, we agree on the tight end. And let's go to the strength of this football team, the offensive line. The Eagles' second unit has a chance to be better than a lot of teams' first units. That's how crazy the depth on the offensive line is for the Philadelphia Eagles. Some guys that can make this t- – that that are gonna, that can have a chance to make other teams, like they, they're going to make – the Eagles are going to cut. You know, this doesn't include a Nate Herbig, who the Eagles probably should have kept as depth. He's on the Jets, obviously. They, they got rid of him. So who do you have? And I think we both have 10 if I'm – maybe you have less. I have 10. Who do you have? How many offensive linemen do you have the Eagles keeping? Who are I, I have 10. I hope Andre Dillard gets moved. I really think that there's a, a lot of value to moving Andre Dillard versus keeping him on this team because when push comes to shove, 
His contract's coming up eventually. You're not going to bring him back. He won't come back. Yeah. You know he's not coming back. So at this point, if if the difference is how he wants a second and someone's get willing to give a third, you take the third. Mm-hmm. At, at this point, based on a lot of the rumors about trades that Howie was trying to jig, he probably was asking at a very firm price that he would not waver on. And the difference between his price and the actual final offer of teams probably wasn't as much as we think it probably wasn't that bad it's just how he was stuck on i want what i want and i'm gonna get what i want and now we're sitting here with jalen breger who was apparently part of negotiations we're sitting here with andre dillard who's been the focal point of negotiations with team for teams that have need at the at the offensive line position like these are guys who should have been moved who should not be here if there was any so, respectable offer on the table and, and i think how he's also could be doing what he did with sam bradford just wait if an injury happens the team's gonna come calling and give you what you Agreed. want and it doesn't hurt to have like have them as a depth have them as your backup left tackle for the year like agree it Agreed. doesn't hurt to have somebody who while we were down on him as long as it's at left tackle he shouldn't be that bad. You know what I mean? I'm yeah. not down on him as a, as a left tackle. I'm down on like when they asked him to try and move to right tackle, it was like an outright no. Like he's not willing to be a part of. He he's saw depth. what it looked at like the end of tried. the day. But at the end of the day, he's depth to this offensive line. He He's just another piece of, of the cog that goes. And there's so many guys who can play three to five positions on this offensive line. And this guy's stuck at one position. And it's a position of need for many teams. So I'm hoping, but for now, he's on the team. Obviously, he's on the team. Andre Dillard's there. So left side, I got Jordan Mailata. I got Andre Dillard. Um, I got Landon Dickerson. Uh, I got Suo Peta co- coming because he just offers such great versatility. You can't deny the versatility. You can play pretty much all five positions if you need them. Effectively, not really, but that's why he's a backup. Um, Jason Kelsey, Cam Jurgens. Um I might actually end up with, I might end up with eleven guys: Isaac Samalu, Jack Anderson. I kind of wish I had to move Samalu. I love Jack Anderson. That mentality that he has—he's got such a dog mentality. You do not want to go one on one with that man. And we saw it in those games where the starters sat, or when the opportunities came where the starters sat, or there was an injury. He—he—he's a bully. The dude's a bully, and I really like him. I think he can be really effective as a center or as a right guard backup. And then Lane Johnson, Jack Driscoll, and I'm really on the fence about LaRaven Clark. They gave, they paid the guy. Like I almost am stuck thinking that that that, that contract keeps LaRaven Clark around, and LaRaven Clark can be used on the right side, right tackle, right guard, whatever you want. Does I think at the end of the day, there's gonna be ten. But something's going to happen here. There's going to be a trade. There's going to be an injury. Something's going to give that takes my 11 to 10. But at this point, I can picture 11 for that reason. Yeah. So pretty much I have the same as you. My starters, Jordan Maialata, Landon Dickerson, Jason Kelsey. I have Isaac Sayamalu at right guard right now, Elaine Johnson. There's my starting five. My backups, Cam Jurgens, Sue Opeta, Jack Driscoll, Andre Dillard with the potential. Again, him and Jalen Rager in the same boat potentially to be traded and LaRaven Clark. If Andre Dillard gets traded, Jack Anderson is there. There's still potential that Jack Anderson could be there, but I have these 10 right now. And like I mentioned, that that, that second group is almost as good as some, some teams starters. It's, it's crazy. Like, like I mentioned before we started this position group, just the depth 
along this offensive line and the Eagles were able to just keep keep the keep it together for the most part. And again, like imagine if Nate Herbig was still on on the roster. Um so that would just be insane. Like then I'd probably be cutting Suo Peta because yeah. like that's just crazy. And then you can a hundred percent say your backups are better than probably 16 other teams. Yeah. Starters. Like look, look. just so so if it, I just wish Jack Driscoll could be healthier. That no, was, that's one of so my wishes crazy. so that he could compete because I think he is better than Isaac Samalu. I think he is a better right guard than Isaac Samalu, but I think injuries are going to push him back and the money that is tied up in Isaac Samalu are going to make him a backup. And it just sucks because he's such a, he's a good, whether it's a tackle or a guard, he can own that right side of the line. He just can't stay healthy and it breaks my heart that he can't. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. And then when it comes to Andre Dillard, I think how he's just holding on to him an injury and can't. Somebody calls him up. Hey, can we get Andre Dillard? We'll make a deal. And boom. A deal I think made. my scenario is it's not an injury. It's going to be someone realizes, man, we held out on left tackle because we thought this guy could do something and their left tackle turns out to be shit. That's, not how I, that's what I think Same ends thing. up happening. Either an injury or just a terrible performance by the current left tackle. Because I see thing. some left tackles and I'm like, man, you could really use Andre Dillard in a, and like – you know, day two pick, like a third rounder, why not, right? Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. But, like, so our offense, our offensive depth chart looks very similar. Obviously, you have um, Boston Scott. I don't. I have Rager and Ward. You don't. You have uh, Covey, same tight ends, pretty much the same offensive line. I know you have Jack Anderson, and I would love to put Jack Anderson in there. Um We'll see. I think he has a very, very good shot at making the team. Um, but, again, when you look at this offense besides, you know, A.J. Brown, Kennedy Brooks, who, yeah, he's an undrafted free agent. I don't know how much how, how much play he'll get the early on. Like, in preseason, he's going to get a lot of play. Like, he's going to be the bell cow, I think, in the preseason because you want to see what you have with him. Um, but, like, mm-hmm. when the season actually starts, it's going to be Miles Sanders. It's going to be Kenny Gainwell. It just depends on how they go roll with the offense. If they well, start they're, out, they're going to come out throwing the football. They're going to come out throwing the football. I hope. I hope you're right because if they come out and they're running, then you're going to see a lot of. Uh, you're going to see a lot of Kennedy Brooks, and I'm scared. I'd be petrified of what this team ends up doing. Listen, at the end of the day, you can be run centric. I'm not saying you can't be run centric, but to the tune of like a 55 to 45 percent share between pass and run, uh, run and pass, like we were last season. Like you said, when you come toe-to-toe with a team like the Bucks and Tom Brady, they, they went up three scores and we were buried because we couldn't do anything. Because we couldn't, we didn't have an effective passing game and you can only lean on the run game to go behind by so Tampa, many scores. And Tampa came into that game saying the, the run game is not going to beat us. And when and like you just said, when they got up, to, they got up big early, it was over because, I mean, Jalen missed Quez on a, on a play. He... Threw the ball late to Devontae Smith that got picked off in the end zone late in the second quarter. That can't happen, you know. Um, but I think the goal for, for this year is they win the division to get a home playoff game. Because anything beyond – like, if, if you can win the division and you can ha- host the game at the link, you're hosting a wild card team. So while a wild card team has the potential to be better because usually the division isn't good, so, like – you're going to be the number four seed most likely. You're not. I don't think the Eagles are going to be good enough to to, to challenge for the number one seed to, to get a bye. 
Um, but I think they'll be in that three or four. And who knows what, what happens there. But you want to get that home playoff game. Um, so, you know, you don't want to go on the road to Tampa, Green Bay, L.A. Like, you're not winning those games on the road. Sad, sadly, I, I I agree. Like you, you need that that the advantage is the link. Yeah. You get that home field even for one week, and that's all you need to get the guys like hyped up. And then if you have to go off and play in L.A. or Green Bay or whatever, you're feeling better about yourself than you would have if you walk in like we did last year. You walk into Tampa Bay and you just get hosed by the team because you just weren't prepared. You're just not up to that level yet. You. you it was such an ugly game. It was such an ugly performance that game. And I want to bury it in the rear view like we've been trying to, but you just can't help but think about it, especially when talking about Jalen Hurts. That was an opportunity to prove you can be a passer. I can be a passer. I can stand toe-to-toe with Tom Brady or whatever offense I'm put against, and I can put points He was up. also hurt. He was hurt. Because he came after after that game, he went into the, the the interview like he had a boot on his foot. So like he wasn't the, the scram. He wasn't doing what he did early in the season. He wasn't moving around. So that had impact. I, I will say one thing: we get to September 11th. I think that's the first game against Detroit. And this offense can't throw the football. We're in trouble because Detroit's not going to be good this year. I don't think Detroit's going to be good if you can't throw the football against that team. Oh man, wait until we have a show that week because it it's going to not even just our show. I'm talking about <laughs> sports radio in Philly. I'm t- just Jalen. Better hope that they're able to throw the ball. That I want to I want to say one thing. Sports radio is going to be ripping Jalen no matter what happens week one. I can almost guarantee it. No, their ability to give the dude a chance is so I don't even live in Philly and I see people tweeting about it and I know they're not giving him the time of day. I, I think it's more of a no look they're gonna give him it, it stinks though because we haven't seen him and we're not gonna see him this preseason. We're he is not playing a preseason game this year. And if he no, does should a, he if it's if he does it's one series. It's gonna be the Gardner Minshew Carson Strong show. That's what it's gonna be this and you're not going to see Devontae Smith. You're not going to see A.J. Brown. You're not going to see Dallas Goddard. You're not going to see the starting offense. You're not going to see anybody. And that's the thing that's going to is going to be worrisome for me. It's because I want to see these guys. I Because we, we haven't seen them since the playoff game. The last taste in our mouth is that playoff game. And we're not going to see them in preseason. And you're, their, their first action together is going to be in week one in Detroit. And while Detroit is not a good team, they play tough for that coach. They, yes. they, they. It does not matter the the circumstances. They play tough. They, and they go for kneecaps. Especially what we did to them last year, rushing for what four hundred yards. But it felt like it was like three hundred or whatever. They're not going to want that to happen again. You mm-hmm. better be able to come out. You need to come out and jump on Detroit. If you can't do that, it that Monday morning, that next day. It's going to be crazy. I just know, like, like that there could be rust early on because they don't get the chance to play a whole lot together, like real in-game action. Like, yeah. I get AJ Brown and Jalen Hurts are like best friends, and they probably practice like seven days a week together. But that doesn't—that's that's not, not what practice. an in-game circumstance is. Like, 
So to expect there not to be rest the first couple weeks, I mean, maybe, but it, as long as we see some things, we need to see things we like and not have flashbacks to the first, what was it, the first seven weeks last year where we were, we couldn't win any games, all the close games we lost, or flashbacks to the Tampa Bay game where we saw no offense whatsoever. So, I mean, I we just need to see progress. The other thing I want to see, and it's going to be tough because I like on the schedule, there's not many good quarterbacks on it. You need to beat a team with a good quarterback. You lost all the games against a team with a good quarterback last year. That can't happen. I think we lost ten, like all games to teams above 500. If, like, if you, if, if, we're if so you bad. Wanna, if, if you want to win 10, 11, 12 games, you need to beat Dallas well, at least once. You know, you're, you're going to have to beat Matt Ryan and, and, and Indianapolis. Like, you're going to have to be a good team. You're going to have to beat Green Bay, which I don't think is going to happen. But, like, I think that's – I think we play Green I thought it's an L. Like, I'm going to call it now. Like, you can't keep beating up on the Detroit Lions. You know, we get Minnesota week two. While I am not the biggest fan of Kirk Cousins, he's a good quarterback. They got a good set of receivers. That's Monday night in Philly week two. Like, you have to win that game. You don't – you don't – you don't look – even if you beat Detroit and don't look good and then you come back to Philly – and Monday night football the next week and get buried or get beat by Kirk Cousins in, in Minnesota, there's going to be a lot of talk. And I get it. It's going to be like, well, it's early. No, we need to see progress. I think we need to see progress right away because this team is built to win the division. And it's going to come down to the quarterback, obviously. It always comes down to the quarterback, and it's going to come down to Jalen Hurts. And obviously expectations are high. The expectations are high, and when the Eagles when the Eagles have high expectations, they usually struggle. And as Dave said, all the quarterbacks last year that have some skill, they all look like Hall of Famers against us. Dude, up through that, was it the Oakland game, it felt like the Eagles' defense was giving up 80% completion percentage. That can't happen. That cannot happen again. They had an all-time bad de- defense against uh, against the pass the first half of the year last year. And that's why next week's episode is going to be even funner to talk about because that's where there was a lot of game changing moves yep. made so that they not so that Derek Carr doesn't look like a Hall of Famer against us because I think he had one of the highest completion percentages in NFL history that week against us. Did he have so, like two incompletions that game? Yeah, it was like he completed like it was over 80%. It was insane. I think it was 90, 90, 92%. Like it was, it was ridiculous. It was crazy. But, yeah, so that, that's what our offense looks like. It's going to look different come week one. can 100% guarantee that. We're, neither of us is going to be correct. Um, but it, but it, it is fun to finally get back talking to Philadelphia Eagles. As Connor mentioned, next week we talk the defensive side of the football. Um, and like you said, Connor, that's where all the, the significant moves were made. Finally get some linebackers in here, get a second cornerback opposite of Darius Slay. I think the weakness on kind of my quick <clears> – <throat> Preview the weakness is probably the same. Well, it's always linebacker, but I think they actually have players at linebacker. Safety, I think, is going to be the where where the weakness is. It should be some intrigue in who we we both decide to keep. And then I believe they open training camp on the 29th, right? They open 20, up on the 27th or 29th. I thought it was the 25th they report, which is next Monday. Oh, well, even better. Because then we hope we hope that we have this one last show that we're all speculating stuff, and then we start to see training camp, and we start to see reports, and then we can yeah. really get down and dirty to what is going on with Philadelphia Eagles this season. Exactly. And 
Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure they report the 25th or 26th, which is Monday and Tuesday of next week. Um, and then they finally will get on the field probably Wednesday or Thursday. Uh, maybe. We'll see. But we are close. We're under two weeks away. That's all that matters of getting set for Philadelphia Eagles training camp. And then we'll get preseason games. And it's going to be fun. Finally, football's back. Because this world that we live in where it's just MLB kind of sucks. Not going to lie. <laughs> I can't watch it. Even though the Phillies are good, I can't sit there and watch a full game. Just can't do it. It's background noise to me. I need football. I need football in the worst way. Um, but, yeah, as always, thank you all for listening. Follow, um, you can follow us on Twitter at Kelly at Kelly Green Hour. You can follow Connor on Twitter at Connor10. Follow me on Twitter at LJRL54. Follow The Painted Lines on Twitter at The Painted Lines. And on YouTube, search The Painted Lines. Um, if you are listening to us in podcast form, wherever you're listening to us, please rate and review the show. Um, if you guys, if there's anything you guys want us to talk about in upcoming episodes, please feel free to, to you know, go to the Kelly Green Hour uh, Twitter and DM us and, uh, you know, we'll do our best. We'll try to get some guests, maybe try to get a couple people on throughout, uh, you know, training camp and preseason before we hit the regular season. I'm excited, Connor. I can't wait. Finally, something finally something to talk about. I know we enjoyed the time off, but we need, Agreed. We, we need to talk about football. Now. We need football back. Do yes, we do. ever? <laughs> All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening to the Kelly Green Hour. You want Philly food? Yeah, let's do it. Sanders patiently running. Sanders, good cut. And a-